Hey friends, it's Melvin. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Here's just a few quick things I wanted to notify you guys about before we get started. First up, very soon, new episodes will be releasing Wednesday mornings rather than Tuesday. So don't panic if you don't see a new episode on Tuesday. Just wait a little longer and you'll see it in your feed. Second, we've introduced a mailbag. Check those show notes and toward the bottom you'll see a mailbag link. You'll then be able to text us any questions you might have about movies, the movie industry, or any movie-slash-Christian-related questions you might have. Then we'll respond in a future episode, so send us your questions now. Up next, Patreon polls, which are available to Patreon supporters at the $3 tier or higher, have been updated. Supporters can now suggest films or shows to be reviewed at the end of each month. The two most liked submissions will become the options for the Patreon poll, so if you want to hear us talk about your favorite movie or show, join our Patreon and start campaigning. And lastly, whether you're a new or long-time listener, please consider writing a review or rating the Cinematic Doctrine podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Apart from financially supporting on Patreon, these are the two most helpful ways to support the show. And that's it. Enjoy the episode. You're listening to Cinematic Doctrine. I guess you probably do need to touch grass. You, know, you need to lay down in the grass and chill out. What are you podcasting for right now? You need to go chill. Uh, hey, you just pressed play on this episode. We spent 40 some minutes talking about Thor Love and Thunder, Metallica, Guitar Hero, Rock Band. It's all It all makes sense if you're a believer of string theory. And uh, yeah, I mean, Thor has Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses has some songs and rock band, rock band, Metallica, Metallica, Stranger <laughs> Things. It's all there. It's all pop culture. Guns N' Roses, some songs, Metallica, some songs, you know, at all. M- movies have songs. What's your favorite Metallica album, Melvin? It, w- it was Death Magnetic for a while, um, but I really do like, and then it was Ride the Lightning for a while. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and really tune into them. I think I would like Kill Em All a lot more now that I'm... <laughs> matured um which is a funny thing to say with a title like that but uh, i'm sure i would appreciate that album more but, uh what about you daniel what about snm snm oh yeah that was also a favorite of mine for a while i really like um the pairing of uh orchestration with it and apparently that was in philly and so i always wished i uh wished i was aware of it at the time it would have been yeah. cool but i it, was a baby then so it also improves because like metallica for their whole career has had not great production but some of their early records their production was pretty bad and the live orchestra experience actually like really smooths out some of those problems just being so, live in general because you yeah. just accept that the product the quality is a little different when it's live but but we talk about that uh mostly mostly the thor stuff though and specifically the fact that um daniel says that the thor the marvel community <laughs> is there a thor community i don't know the marvel community is kind of just not knowing what to do about it's sort of in the uncanny phase of the fandom where it's like actually i think this movie is just bad but but it's got positive ratings on rotten tomatoes what do i do with that how do i process this because eternals is just bad and also critics said it was bad so it was just a mixture and we kind of talk about just that process i propose a potential for idol worship but not in quite the same way that i think people do think that uh, phrase means um, you can check that out if you support on Patreon three dollars a month. You get access to uh, a bunch of early episodes, as well as early content in each episode. Sometimes being twenty minutes, sometimes being forty minutes. Another time, I think once being an hour, very long time. 
Uh, you also get to choose the movies we review each month, just like this review. It was between Miss Marvel or Obi-Wan, two things we missed last month. So now we're doing this month, and we went with Miss Marvel. If you've tuned into the last few episodes, you already know I didn't well, really like Obi-Wan the anyway. The went with Miss Marvel. Yes. Well, well, yes. Yeah. Did I say I went with Miss Marvel? You said we. Uh, oh, I thought collective we. Yeah, we didn't pick it. But <laughs> we yeah, as a Marvel. society. We as a society Marvel. picked Miss Marvel. Uh, which is also not true at all. It seems like more people watch Obi-Wan just to be more disappointed in Star Wars, except also still go, but actually it's still good because that's how they always react to Star Wars. You Star Wars fans. Um, but Miss Marvel was picked by you guys. So nice job. It was a good yeah. good show. I'm really excited to talk about it's it. Good show. Um, it uh, contrary to Thor Love and Thunder, Miss yeah, Marvel got overwhelming critical praise. So. Yeah. Um, and yet more people saw Thor. And when I walked out of my theater experience on that one, I heard people saying that was great. And so whatever. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what this world is about anymore. Um, yeah, head on over to Patreon, $3 a month. You get access to stuff like that. Uh, if we reach certain tiers, I think it's 150 a month, we'll do the first God's Not Dead movie. So tell your friends. Um, we have done long, long reviews before. We've thought of kind of doing that with God's Not Dead. We're definitely going to do more of those movies if we reach other tiers to so let people know. But we are here to talk about Miss Marvel. So let's talk about Miss Marvel. Do you want to you give some deets, some details? What is, what's Miss Marvel? Well... Funny, you should ask. Uh, Miss Marvel is a 2022 TV series. Tentatively, I guess we'd call it a miniseries. I never know what to refer to these Disney Plus shows as because we don't know if they'll get more seasons or not. Uh, presently, it has but six episodes. Um, it stars uh, Iman Vellani, uh, Matt Lintz, Yasmin Fletcher, uh, Zenobi Shroff, Mohan Kapoor. Uh, it is an adaptation of the relatively popular comic book series about one Kamala Khan, who is a 16-year-old fangirl of superheroes, particularly in the television series. Uh, she is a fan of the Avengers, who dreams of one day becoming a superhero, and then she gets a uh, funny bangle thing from a relative, which unlocks latent powers within herself. And so this awkward 16-year-old girl has to deal with the fact that she suddenly has powers and uh, however, these powers bring undue attention from both damage control as well as a group of baddies uh, who are not particularly well developed because it's not important because the important stuff is all the stuff with her and her family and tensions she experiences. Kamala Khan is a uh, Pakistani Muslim and her parents are relatively conservative and protective, particularly her mother. Uh, however, as she grows closer to her family and grows closer to the culture that she's come from, it helps her understand herself and her own powers. Um, I do appreciate that at the end of the show, unlike every other Disney Plus show, except for Loki, um, there wasn't necessarily as big of a punch up. It was more of like a, almost like a home alone thing where her and her friends have to band together. Mm-hmm. And it actually does the thing that Falcon Winter Soldier was trying to do, but much more successful in my opinion. Um, but the, all of that stuff, the focus is on Kamala Khan, who is just a very charming character, charmingly played by Iman Vellani. I hope I'm saying that correctly, who just did a uh, Reddit AMA on Marvel Studios. Go check that out. Uh, she, the real life actor, is also a huge Marvel fan. So it is art imitating life in a sense. Uh, she was super excited to play the part and that enthusiasm shows through. This is her first big acting thing. And I think in that regard, she does quite well. Uh, it is a relatively brisk six episodes. The episodes all are around 40 minutes or lower. Uh, the music's great. Uh, the cinematography is pretty good. A lot of haze and made about the fact that this looks actually kind of cinematic, especially after watching something like Thor Love and Thunder, where it's just people standing in front of green screens for the entire movie. There's some actual 
shots in this and there's some location shooting and they go to some cool places um and that all is great but the real draw to me is the family drama which is quite good and actually subverts a lot of things i don't like about typical family dramas um and of course there is the element where they uh wholeheartedly embrace the fact these characters are muslim and so they highlight their faith uh there is a whole wedding scene and the wedding itself actually doesn't get interrupted which i was worried would happen uh, there's stuff about mosques and what the faith means to Kamala's friend and her family. And uh, honestly, it's a pretty positive view of organized religion in general, as well as the positive effects you can have a community and family, which is I'm not used to, especially after watching something like Midnight Mass, for example. Uh, but overall, I really enjoyed Miss Marvel. I think it's the most consistent of all the Disney Plus shows. Um, some people will have things they prefer more about something else. I think WandaVision will still be a lot of people's favorite. However, Miss Marvel to me uh, actually just feels like a teen drama show on the Disney channel with some high budget special effects. I love the characters. I love the lore. There are some humongous changes to the Miss Marvel character in terms of Miss Marvel's backstory and where her powers come from. There is a particularly big spoiler at the end of this, which I'm sure we'll get to. And it's a thing. It's the only thing people are really talk about in the show because that's how nerds are. Uh, but overall, I really enjoyed Miss Marvel. It's right up there in my top three. Uh, we'll see how Loki season two goes, but I quite enjoyed Miss Marvel. Uh, what did you think, Melvin? <laughs> well, first off, let's get into some deep lore. If you're here for Iman, she has a letterbox, and during 2020, she her letterbox is great. <laughs> 20, yeah, it's really great stuff. We're gonna start with the Captain Marvel review she has, which is dated 26th of January 1680. <laughs> I don't know how she made it so that she could. <laughs> see the movie back then but maybe that was um that would have been you know it would have been funny if it was dated this the date um india got its independence um because that would have been a clever little little secret for the movie for the show um if you watched it which it seems like only you and i watched it but um (laughs) and critics i guess but her captain marvel review is a four out of ten these stars are not for brie larson I will sacrifice my own life for Brie Larson. <laughs> um, so it's funny to think that her character is supposed to love Captain Marvel, but that in real life, she's like, this is boring. She's getting deep into character. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man three, nine out of 10. This is so unironically great. Of course she is correct on that one. Uh, I think that movie is really And fun. how? Yeah. Yeah. Tenet six out of 10. Okay. Okay. Now explain it. Like I'm a child. Uh, Fantastic Four Rise of Silver Surfer. Same score as Captain Marvel. Four out of 10. Don't be shy. <laughs> show Galactus. <laughs> Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker. Five she out of 10. She said Galactus was the one character she wishes she could play in the, in the MCU. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Whatever. Does Ken Galactus shapeshift in any, for any reason? Just let her no, do that. No, but I mean... What I guess they could just happen? make. I guess they could. Re- I mean, Galactus in Rise of Silver Surfer is just a giant cloud, so I guess it wouldn't be the weirdest thing to do with the character. But uh, Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker, five out of ten, so higher than than uh, Captain Marvel and Fantastic Four two. Does being dead mean nothing? Question mark. That's a good one. Cry Baby, seven out of ten. Grease on crack. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. That's not a bad rating for Cry Baby. I'm gonna be real with you. The Founder, six out of ten. First half made me want to want McDonald's. The movie has finished, and I no longer want McDonald's. <laughs> Hashtag F Ray Croc. Um, El Camino, Breaking Bad movie, eight out of ten. Closure. That's a good one. Come and see, ten out of ten. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> certified Kino lover. <laughs> Best war movie ever made. <laughs> movie forty three, half star. What a waste of Uma Thurman. Contagion, <laughs> seven out of ten. Seventeenth of March, twenty twenty. 
LOL. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Uh, That's what are other movies she has rated and liked? <laughs> Melf. Harry at five out of ten. Cynthia was good. Too bad the movie wasn't. Ooh, good one. Hot That's take. also true. Um, Melvin, wow, she it, didn't what? like I Don't Feel at Home in This World anymore. That's a good one. She gave it a five out of ten. Frodo, this ain't it. Dang it. What is wrong with you? That's a good one. <laughs> you you read like a hundred reviews you agree with. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one <laughs> review you don't, you're like, ah, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Uh, I don't know why she, The Kissing Internet. Booth 2, Half Star. I've read better Wattpad stories. The Kissing Booth with Fred <laughs> movies are so funny. They're so great. Uh, uh, 100% great to, to binge. I'm Check gonna it out. Guess, I'm going to guess you like Miss Marvel if you're just... <laughs> if you're willing to just go into her into her uh into her I don't know gosh, why she hasn't updated. Box. The last thing she watched was Lady Bird. She need she didn't even see Captain Marvel in theaters. It, she cuz it's listed as the well, first I time if she now saw it's it. weird because these are this like now she'd be rating her own industry peers and I, w- I wonder if that's actually yeah, part of it. Like you other sign people, on to do it. Uh, maybe there's a contract with Disney or stuff, but other yeah. film people are on Letterboxd. Like we all know Sean Baker, but of course he's really independent. But there's yeah, a bunch of other people who use Letterboxd. For him. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't think he's posted in a while on Letterboxd, but um let me check it. Let me check out her watch list. What is she trying to see? What is she seeing? Anomalisa. Great movie. Eight, eight and a half. Great movie. Zero Dark Thirty. Handmaiden, <laughs> you're you're like you're 16. <laughs> Holy crap! Uh, well, the actors, the actors. I think she's 19. Baby, but but she has a serious baby face though. So actually, I will say that like all of the most of the teen actors in this look like kind of their age. 12 monkeys. Andre Rublev. Okay, good good choice. Promising young woman. She's probably seen that by now. Anyways, check it out. It's a good <laughs> good good stuff. Top four movies, Iron Man, Portrait of a Lady, Daisies, and Persona. Interesting taste. Hey there, it's your friendly neighborhood call to action. Just checking in on you. Hope you're doing all right. I'm just stopping by to say, you know, if you enjoy the show, you can always subscribe and write a review for Cinematic Doctrine. There's iTunes, Podchaser, basically anywhere you listen. You can give us a shout out with a thumbs up, five stars, gripping positivity, or if you hate the show, you can say that too. Hey, what? What are you saying? Why are you saying that? Well, I'm not going to tell them what to do, Ted. They're free to do what they want. Our analytics say we got a lot of listeners in the U.S., and you know they love their freedoms. And you're also free to check out our Twitter. Very active there. We host polls, memes. There's also the Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group called Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group. If you want to join, just answer the questions, read the rules, and tell them the podcast sent you. Also, you should check out our website. Some really cool stuff there. Editorials, written reviews for movies we haven't had time to cover. Always check out cinematicdoctrine.com when you get the chance. Oh, uh, Ted also told me I shouldn't forget to mention the Patreon. Something about you can support us or something? Wait, Ted. I thought this was like a hobby thing. You He's want me to expand cinematic doctrine? You know right, this already. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I forgot. I'm the one who put all this together. Yeah, cinematic doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as three dollars a month, you can gain access to early uncut episodes of the podcast. Oh, and did I mention you get to tell us what to do? That's right. Each month, you get to vote on a movie we discuss on the show. Anyways, I gotta run. So, I'll see you guys later.
Uh, so what did you think of Miss Marvel? No. Miss Marvel's pretty good. Miss <laughs> um, Marvel's first episode is excellent. Uh, it has, uh, you briefly talked about this, but it, actually, it, it has a cinematic profile. Yeah. It has a cinematic profile that's really good. It's eclectic and colorful. I liked it. Uh, it's shot on location, which is really wonderful. And uh, But it also speaks to when it's not shot on location, and it looks like they're just on a map from Call of Duty. Uh, I'm sure you know <laughs> when that is, but it's pretty noticeable. Um, when I thought that during the show, I watching the show last night, I said, th- I said, I can't forget that one. That's a good one. You got to keep it. <laughs> got to say it in the episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's a good, um, it's yeah. I like that it's shot on location and it feels real and authentic. Um, we'll no doubt talk about the powers, but I think that the choice of using her powers the way they did was a good middle ground between, um, horrible enslavement of CGI workers um, not having to just desperately try and not make things uncanny, although that would have been fun. Um, so in the comics, her powers are stretchiness. If you play the Avengers video game, um, she is stretchy, which just aesthetically is a cool power. And I know that you have Mr. Fantastic and I know that you have Ant-Man. So you've Super already scroll, had like, yeah. you've already had these characters that like can do these powers, but there's something fun about like, uh, the, narrative aesthetic of a teenage girl growing up then getting weird stretching powers because i'm sure that that's just well that's just what it feels like being a teenager and getting bigger anyway is you just feel weird you're you're not only you're not only is your body changing you're now becoming conscientious of your identity which means you're now aware of your body changing which is like the worst combination thanks god (laughs) this is terrible uh and so like not having just changing powers is disappointment but i did like the visuals of the powers i thought they were kind of neat i like that it kind of went in with the aesthetic of the poppy brightness of the show i thought just embracing the fact that it's like there's sort of this parody between good CG and not good CG, but it's a spectrum where in the middle is bad CG on the right is really good, perfect CG. So you could say like avatar and on the left is purposely cartoonish CG that equally looks as good. And that would be like Scott Pilgrim. And I feel like this was closer to the Scott Pilgrim side for its CG most of the time, except for some of the parts where they're trying to make it cool that she's running around uh in the city and they just show her feet because the rest of her body probably looks like an unfinished <laughs> like ps2 character model um it it's weird um but what a surprise we could talk briefly about the cg um enslavement going on right now with disney which is pretty bad which for some reason people are worried about the don't say gay bill or i guess that's really old that's really i mean that's dated even for now but like no one no one is talking about the like horrible treatment of the workers for this i I don't understand there's been some hate there's been like people there's been articles put out about it and i am a christian and justice is important to me and i have standards and i must say that this thing that is not real i want I want DeSantis to to put laws and and restrictions on, but this thing that is real, (laughs) that is making people break down in the office and quitting their passions and jobs and making them question why they went to college and education, I'm sleep. I'm sleep about it. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Yeah, I think in general, like, I don't know. Should we even talk about it? Well, we, is this wrong? Maybe we're misguided. Maybe we're wrong, Dan. Maybe the things we worry about is not, is not important. Maybe God doesn't care about that. That's what we should, that's, I'll write that part article. That's what's going to be next. 
uh that's what's going to be next on the syndoc website oh did you know guys listeners we have we have articles on the website go check them out <laughs> so dan what do you think about what i just said <laughs> which part it's just bizarre like weird i like moment. i like to read new york times i like to read uh articles you're trying to sound I, smart right I like to, no i just i just i have many leather bound books no, I, uh, I have several commentaries uh i take photos with them next to coffee and headphones yeah. i put them on instagram no i was just gonna say that i do all these things and in contrast <laughs> daniel's like i never want to talk about these things <laughs> Daniel's like, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> We're like, it, it's a good contrast between you and me. I think those things are important. Well, like um, I deal with like real life stuff all the time in my <laughs> real life. Like, right. So the I podcast want, is like, can we just talk yeah. about movies? Melvin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know how we can talk about Miss Marvel without talking about those things. But we'll talk about it when we get there. But anyways, yes, Miss Marvel, I do enjoy. I do enjoy Miss Marvel. It was very good. It was very fun. Um, the yeah. character is really enjoyable. I love the family stuff. You had texted me, or maybe you talked to me uh, before an episode uh, a while ago, but you said you felt that Miss Marvel has some of the best representation of a religious family uh, as of late. Um, and it's unfortunate that a lot of people aren't watching it, including probably Christians, because they're uncomfortable about Islam. Uh, we'll, of course, at least name drop the fact that part of why people aren't watching I'll just do it now. Part of why prob- probably people aren't watching it right now is because of Islamophobia. And they really don't like props to Disney for not trying to get around it. it they is, did not. It is did not literally pull- impossible to his character without it. Yeah, so. they did not do a Falcon and Winter Soldier where they're like racism bad for 10 seconds and then move forward. Um, like, and then just c- conclude the, the movie. This show literally is like, uh, it's Islamic and it's good. Like, it's good stuff. They touch on stuff like, yes, the FBI does connect, <laughs> try just, just outright completely break the law, frankly. Um, I mean, I get it. They, you know, the government makes the laws, but like, they essentially just like don't respect, um, separation of certain stage stuff which i know is in a letter please don't at me um but there is a precedent that's set and precedent is important but of course if you look at the supreme court precedent isn't really a thing that anyone cares about um and so they touch on that you can of course read more about that in real life uh about googling uh fbi moss stuff um they wear a lot of that stuff on their sleeve but also like when they are just like representing the family well and the church their church well it's like it's pretty sweet and it's also like stuff that like i think christians will connect with conceptually like when they talk about um when the family emigrated immigrated to the u.s they were lonely and hurt and in pain but then they found the mosque and it was helpful for building their community and creating a support system all stuff that I think Christians are quite familiar with uh, when it comes to moving is connecting with your church, finding a safe place. I mean, even my, my sister right now moved and is trying to find a church and it's really hard. And I'm sure that's very difficult, um, uniquely difficult. And uh, so all of that stuff is really nice. Um, in addition to this, when I went to uh, the bank at one point to do something for work, I chatted with one of the guys there and we talked about movies and he's Middle Eastern. And he said he really liked Miss Marvel and he pauses and just goes, it's just very relatable uh talking about probably a lot of the family dynamics um the uh (laughs) government experience stuff like that also the history of it as well i didn't know any of this india india history stuff i I, i've known some of india's history i've read a couple books 
and and articles and stuff but i didn't know the extent of it uh, and i'm i'm not going to imply that i know the extent of it now just because disney finally introduced it to me in a marvel show <laughs> but uh props to them you know going to the likes that they did so i liked and appreciated that um but again returning to just more movie podcasty things to appreciate yeah i thought the shot the the show was shot really well and has a profile the aesthetic is nice it's charming i really liked how the show concluded um although i wouldn't say it was really really great it does have some Raimi aesthetic to it which i appreciate too they have quips that are actually funny and good like there's a scene later on where they're doing a car chase which was a really good action sequence i was realizing like my legs were tight and toes were curled and um <laughs> kamala looks forward oh no there's a family with a baby in front of us <laughs> and it's just like the perfect like clever uh-oh kind of moments that are just like silly really silly stuff and so yeah good show i i thought it was really fun and i was glad to binge it because i had not <laughs> watched it either i watched the first episode and then was so busy checking out stranger things and a bunch of other stuff miss marvel definitely came out during a time where and i don't know it seems like they that Disney kept their shows pretty staggered, right? Like it was six weeks of a Marvel show and then six weeks of a Star Wars show and then six weeks of something else. And then they would stagger it. But this was like the first time where it was like a Marvel show and a Star Wars show dropped at like the same time, I guess. Yeah, that was the one. Was Book of Boba Fett and Hawkeye the same time? I don't think they were. I think Book of Boba Fett started right after Hawkeye. It was like. It's weird because there is now a pause between. Shows. And she like She Hulk doesn't come out for a few weeks. It comes out in the middle of August, and that actually runs for nine weeks. So, if they had just waited, wow, the one on show one those, that everyone's most worried about because that trailer looked bad. Uh, just it's in a bad every trailer. Degree. It's weird because it's like I like not to divert She Hulk. I I've I, some of the people announced as working on the show, like Dana Schwartz is a writer. I love Dana Schwartz. For those who haven't listened to uh, the Noble Blood podcast or any of her books. And She-Hulk is one of the more well-known characters they've adapted. Also, she's like, cool. Like, all these characters they're introducing superhero, are cool. But, like, she's just is She-Hulk while a lawyer. Like, that's a fun premise for a show, <laughs> you know? And the fact it's, like, been announced to be it's a 30-minute procedural show is what they at least announced. Who knows what the actual thing will be? But, like, the idea of, like, a 30-minute... Like, this could have aired at NBC, like, between 30 Rock and The Office, you know? Like, that sounds really appealing. And then that trailer is just really bad extremely (laughs) extremely bad bad. yeah i just i just wish they painted her that would have been so much more fun why didn't they paint her it doesn't even look like her when it's the cg version of her it genuinely does not look like i think her name's tatiana and it doesn't look like her at all yeah it's amazing if you want to talk about the whole like oh the issues with like the fact that the vfx artists won't work with marvel anymore because they're um you know they're pit bosses when it comes to that stuff she hulk's going to be the one where that really that that comes back to roost baby where it's like you have a character that has to be vfx all the time which is why i'm like with miss marvel <laughs> the fact that she's not stretchy is probably to its benefit um, yeah because and they could have done it sparingly which they do in the show but there's but but they clearly chose the whole light manifesting thing as early as like pre-production because scenes were built around it clever stuff is built around it so it was very early which is this is weird right I mean, we're about to see Gotham Knights get released and they do the same thing with Red Hood where it's just like, oh, now he just can walk 
on the sky. Are you talking about the okay. show or the video game? The game. Okay. Did, unless did they do it in the show? I, is this a thing? <laughs> There's a Gotham Night show that's coming out. It looks awful. So I don't know. But like, why are they like now he's back from the dead and he can use spirits to walk on the sky? I, what? This is weird. What it, was wrong with repelling? I like repelling. It feels like a Super Mario 2 situation again, really. Just reskinned a different game with Batman stuff. Like, that's what it kind of feels like. like why are the Bat family characters teleporting in and out of Collectively, fights? everyone <laughs> like, goes, uh, here's the word, crafting your weapons, and goes, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, no. <laughs> I just wanted... Uh, I just want an Arkham Origins too. I do want to play it, but I just I don't want to. I'm not going to pre-order it. I'm not going to. Anyways, so but the most unfocused episode. It's really bizarre. It's really bizarre that that just seems to be the thing where it's like we got to give some powers. Oh, they could just walk on hard light. (laughs) That's neat, right, guys? No, it's not really that neat. They do like they do uh, have like her light powers look kind of like the embiggening powers in the comics as the show goes on, where she like extends out a big hand or something. It seems like they're trying to split the difference. I have a solution for this. Somehow the device, the bangle, and her get united. And she changes. And she can stretch and do Into some a powers. Giant bangle. But she loses, she loses the sense of... Um, she can't do the light stuff. So you get to have some cool drama of her learning her powers again and walking around. And even when I told my boss about it, he was like... I was like, yeah, there's panels where she's just walking over buildings and that the rest of her body is normal and he's like that sounds awesome like that's so cool and then Catherine's telling me like it's great because it's a good joke on the proportions of women in comics where it's like the boob butt pose except one leg is massive and she's just stepping over something else and so the one leg's tiny and then her other arm is big and it's like that's really funny like really good stuff and to do that in a show would be really funny yeah and but it's like a the cg for that would be so hard be astronomically expensive too because she doesn't have like the reason it works with ant-man is because he's in a suit of armor so it's just it's just it's just master chief is big okay cool (laughs) like and it looks cool because making metal look real when it's cg they've done it since 2009 with transformers so it's it's fine um but like the human body it's just gonna look really weird but yeah and and like i also think that and I th- believe the creator spoke about this a little bit, but like part of it specifically, it's like you talk about awkward teenager and the thing you feel most awkward about is like your body It's your body. And so like the so idea really that cool. like her powers are her body going out of control like that, that writes itself like that's really great, easy teen drama. And if this was a more traditional show where you just had like multiple 22 episode seasons, you can get a lot of mileage out of just like she's going to school, but like one of her arms is like dragging on the ground she's trying to hide it from her friends like that kind of stuff would be really great right Mm -hmm. um and then just like to get rid of all of that for something that's easier on the special effects budget and probably easier to do and easier to shoot around too because you just have her like go with her hand then later someone just throws it in there as opposed to like having to write a scene around the fact that all of her limbs are like everywhere like um I get the I get all I get all that, but it is kind of a shame. But also for me, like some people right out the gate, they refuse to watch the show because of that. They're just, they ruin the character. I get it. Like, I, like un- I completely understand uh, it, but it's a shame because you are missing out on stuff. But it is a it is um 
It is testament to the important of decision, the importance of early decision making, and how something like that can break it. I, I, I did see. I think I saw you tweet where you were like, "If your biggest complaint is that Terrazine Mist doesn't activate powers, <laughs> then like, what, what are you doing watching <laughs> yeah, stuff like, at all? What's like, the point? That doesn't. Yeah, that does not affect my viewing experience. Like the actual show. Yeah, I like the show. It's quality. Good. <laughs> And they still make it. Uh, I like that the Bengal is a heritage thing. Like it's in in some way. It's like it's it it goes in line with the narrative themes of the show. So it's neat. <laughs> but like, but there is something cool about stretchy powers that really is lost. And like, I don't know. I I find stuff like I find silly things fun. I have a friend who didn't like Doctor Strange because she felt that the suit at the end was stupid, like the zombie suit. He's like, it looks so bad. He didn't like other things about the movie, but he's like, it looks so bad. I was like, what? No, it's great. It's super fun. Zombie Strange is really cool. And it looks great also. Like, so he's bona fide wrong. But like Miss Marvel being stretchy and weird would look really silly and probably put certain people off if they weren't already accustomed to the character. But for us, it would have been really cool. And one of the coolest shots is at the end when she's just kind of doing the stretchy powers but kind of for no reason. Like, if you have light powers, there's kind of no reason she's not just shooting lasers, I, I, but just I decides to stretch. Where it's like she's a 16 year old girl who's just compulsively using a power to save people. Like, that's stuff that's yeah. really bad. And I like but. the idea that it's like, it's not like she's trained. Like, she's just like, uh, I'll just be bigger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of fun. But um, all that to say is to end my part of this episode. <laughs> Uh, of your question i like the show it's good i don't know if i'll rewatch it um there's a lot of stuff to like i do think it runs out of steam towards the end but it's not as bad as falcon and winter soldier where it's genuinely genuinely out of steam and too long too that was way too long but f- this show is just the right length it is creative it is fun it has deep characters it has something i like that the marvel netflix shows do that none of the other shows seem to do which is just have extra characters living their life I like that the one woman is trying to be on the board of the mosque. I think that's just a nice additional story to have. And they use it as drama too, because she doesn't know if she's going to tell her that she's the superhero. Kamala doesn't know if she's going to say she's the superhero and then finds out that, you know, the FBI is going to investigate it or damage control is investigating the mosque. So she's like, there's sort of drama there. Oh, that's good. Like I, I want more of that. I want a place to feel more real. We were talking about how it's kind of like Karen Page becoming a journalist. Like that's her, that's her, <laughs> that's her story arc. Cool, I like it. And seeing how it weaves into the main plot line is really appreciated. Um, and the family dynamics are great. We probably talk a little bit more about that, but yeah, um, like I mean, it's to, good to talk about the family. Like it starts off really great, where her parents don't want her going to AvengerCon, which people point out. It's kind of a weird premise. Like I get that, like. From our perspective, they're obviously riffing on the whole like Comic Con thing. What would Comic Con look like in the MCU? But people point out, it's like, why are people dressed like Loki? Like <laughs> to them, they don't know his whole redemption arc thing in the Loki show or whatever. To them, he's just the guy who destroyed York. That'd be like if you had like people dressed like you know so, Osama uh, bin Laden, Osama bin Laden. Yeah. <laughs> like Comic Con. Like that's weird. Or like, there's also people just know things that they shouldn't, um, which they cover up by saying like, oh, a Shield agent was at the fight in wakanda with thanos and wrote it all down and also well i mean that Scott was sort Lang of has a has a podcast that people listen to which that's is that's like fun my detail. thing with um uh why do people know iron man's even dead at this point like did they just put out a press release we're sorry to say but iron man died in the fight against Thanos. well like he like, died saving the world i would mention that to people if i was like sure but like stuff that. like that throughout the whole series is kind of like curious like does 
is this a thing? Because it sounds like specifically because of Tony Stark, the Avengers became like a, a uh, an icon of that would have like press and marketing, like not like the boys or anything, but like that kind of idea. I mean, could um, they could they hide it? Like, would it be even be possible for the world not to know that Tony Stark, one of the most famous people in the world in the MCU for a variety of reasons, is just dead? I don't know. People still think Tupac's alive. So. <laughs> yeah, but like mostly but, uh, as a joke. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Walker and Tupac are hanging out on an island. Yeah. Uh, and they're actually gay. <laughs> I don't know. Something really stupid. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's on the National Enquirer somewhere. Alex yeah. Jones next episode is like, I got a hot tip for everyone. <laughs> yeah. The Do the rumor come out? Is Bruno Mars is gay? It's the same publication as that. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, it's curious stuff and I never it's, thought well, about that a, with Avengercom, but it's, it's a funny. fun detail, but like, yeah. so like, uh, but her parents don't want her to go there partially because they don't want her just in Whoever posted that thread on Reddit is the same person who says phase four is actually good. Like they're thinking <laughs> way too deep about it. Like the, the fun of Miss Marvel is that she's you. She's not yes. Gwenpool to your you, they're, but they're she missing is missing the point. Yeah. Yeah. And then she gets superpowers. She's and making her little YouTube videos for yeah. the amount of viewers. It's that like we Shazam. Get, you know? It's this this show's Shazam. But um, but we'll know they've really reached it when they get Gwenpool. So that'll be really fun. I like our Gwenpool pitch personally, but um so her family doesn't want her to go to Fendricon and skip the outfit. So there's this wonderful scene where her her mom makes her uh, a Hulk, well, a little Hulk outfit, and her dad is already dressed like the Hulk, and he's like fully painted himself green. Which I first thought I was like, man, he painted himself green just step, to make his daughter yeah, happy. Step up above She Hulk, it's pretty it, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why people complain about CGI. I look great in that scene, uh, but and but like Kamala is understandably mortified by the premise that she has to go to AvengerCon with her dad dressed as a non-existent tiny Hulk character, and it's just wonderful. Where they fully illustrates both her the the full anxiety of being a teenager, but also the way that teenagers don't understand how much effort their parents put into. Yeah. Like it being was really sweet. Them. It's a great moment. And that's like, kind of like the running thing where her mom, you, they do a great job of balancing both her mom. Obviously doesn't want Kamala to do things that reasonably most parents would not want their kid to do. Maybe a little overprotective in some regards, but for the most part, pretty normal, but they never make her mom feel like a caricature. Like her mom and dad fully feel like real parents the whole time. Which is difficult to pull off, especially Extremely. for something like this. Because most people who write probably for Hollywood are cynical about parents. Um, or <laughs> they say I'm never making Hollywood. Look at me now. You know? Yeah. So now every character they write is like horrible. Um, <laughs> You'll never so, write for NCIS, you know, whatever. It's just yeah. like, like I'm writing for them now. Um, and like, and then as the, the relationship develops throughout the show, like as her mom opens up more and as she starts to realize that Kamala obviously is super when they go uh, back uh, to where her grandmother lives and all that stuff. Like that's all really great. And like by the end, like I'll just again, it's a minor spoilers for the show. Um, well, they actually explain where she gets her suit and where she gets her name and they both are given to her by her parents. And it's like really lovely stuff. Like, like the episode six is exactly what I want out of a superhero show where like they do the thing. Her mom makes her another suit again however she's made her the miss marvel costume which is great because a it was cool it was foreshadowed earlier her mom has the skills to make suits like that was established early on so it just come out of nowhere which some shows like Arrowverse shows will do that we're like oh i made you something and it's like a perfectly built superhero suit like 
Um, so they do like, which I love that. I love when they do that with like, do you think there'll be a team up show where it's, um, Melvin from daredevil and, uh, (laughs) Kamala's, uh, Kamala's, um, mom uh, they should they do, make yeah, they should together. do a thing where like the new avengers headquarters like they just have like a suit making area and it's like melvin potter and kamala's mom and, uh, <laughs> that'd, be that'd be so great. good um and then they like explain where like her name <laughs> melvin potter conversed <laughs> and he's he's helping them make suits it's gonna be so cool they'll make people happy i'm sure <laughs> Uh, <sighs> he should have converted Catholicism, obviously, because it was associated with Daredevil. Because <laughs> of Daredevil, There's, yeah, that'd be a great scene if Kamala and, and Daredevil talk about religion. I think that'd be cool and like a respectful yeah. way, not like debating, yeah, totally. like YouTuber style. Um, but yeah, like her, yeah. her dad gives her her Aaron name. camping versus some other guy <laughs> or whatever, something really lame. Yeah, yeah, the our amazing atheist V, you know, <laughs> like whatever, uh, Halal Harry on YouTube. Um, but yeah, so like. Like her, the fact that her parents are the ones who end up giving her the stamp of approval about being super at the end is actually a great little like closure to that one arc where Kamala has been hiding this from her parents the whole time. And then when she's episode three is all about it. Episode three is literally a bunch of characters in the family interacting with one another and seeing how they support one another. And then the end of the episode is Kamala um, has an opportunity to maybe share with her family. Like I I am. Miss Marvel, oh, not Miss Marvel at this point. What is it like, girl? Night, or something nightlight or something. Nightlight. It's so funny, so good. Yeah, it's like, a, what is it? They do the. It's the running joke from um, Into the Spider Verse, uh, or no, that it wasn't Into the Spider Verse. It was um, No Way Home, the Spider Night Monkey. Monkey, Night yeah. Monkey. Um, and but then she chooses not to tell them, and because she doesn't believe that they'll support her or whatever, and like that's good teenage slash superhero stuff. And then of course the end of the show, it's like. This is so cool. We're so proud of you. Be safe. <laughs> like, yeah. It's really sweet. I, like Again, I would watch a season two where it's like she's trying to be Miss Marvel, but she also has to get her homework done. Like I would yeah. totally watch it's that. It's Spider-Man 2. Yeah. It's, it's Spider-Man 2 again. You have to get the pizza there, but also <laughs> save people. Like, and, and who do you want to be? That's cool. And I know Miss Marvel does some of the things that people specifically hate. Like People hate this thing where like... For the show, the characters don't actually wear the costume till the end. Like people don't like that. They don't like that when they recontextualize famous lines. Like the fact that um, I guess except for Daredevil season one, because like season one's uh, sock overhead suit is the coolest suit, is, and then he yeah, gets the suit cool. at the end. That's and a rarer like example. Is better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, people don't like some people don't like that. May Parker is the one that gives the great power because great responsibility thing in No Way Home, and in this case. Probably the most famous line from Miss Marvel, the comic, you know, good is that something you are good is something you do. They give it to her father to tell her. But like, I think in the context of the show, all these things work really well. Yeah, uh, it's a good show. Yeah, everything works. <laughs> well, again, like, what I, do people not like about it? It's good. <laughs> Come on, I guys. I do. Check it out. So like, yeah, looking at responses online, I do think. And like, yeah, the fact that we're not really talking much about the plot, I think, shows that like the actual narrative structure of the show is it particularly that great like the clandestine who are a minor character in the comics and not bad guys in the comics um show up as the villains and it's not important because they all die by the end of the show anyways it doesn't matter and um, it's lame like that's like the worst part they, of the show that they are terrible scene. as villains um yeah. they have very flimsy i motivation. thought they were cool as a night so to briefly brief and I, and I will keep it brief this time um <laughs> to briefly talk about them i liked the idea of them being like this uh, a classic loss of agency horror figure. So like the kind of 
character where like the say a spirit comes up i need some help person helps them you helped me run now i kill you ah why isn't anyone helping me and then they repeat it they keep doing that so it's like the genie in the bottle thing where you ask for a wish but they give you the a contrast and there's no way to get out of it so like help us find this bangle oh you lied to us i kill you now oh i can't find the bangle and they keep doing that over and over and i was like that's a really cool villain idea like this group of people that like con you into doing things for them and then they, but they'll never reach it. And so it's this perpetual over hundreds of hundreds of years. This is how they've lived in existence. And then one of them breaks off, which is Kamran. And I think that's pretty cool, except he's actually just a new person. He's just 17. Okay, sure. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Um, and, uh, but then, yeah, the, the conclusion to that story is yes, Kamala, you are right. I will close the portal. And then just does. Okay, <laughs> fine. And yeah, okay. They weren't important to the plot line. So that's fine. And we have to get them out of the <laughs> they, way. They were a plot device. Yeah, yeah but I just, it's just a, I just, I don't know. Once I started to warm up to that, I, I like that, that concept. Uh, it but, really feels like they just needed a villain to, yeah. to fill yeah. that role. But, and it, it, there is some cool stuff. Like I like that they use them to introduce the Red Dagger, who is a character from this Marvel comics. Um, I just like ninja assassin type characters in general. So the fact it's just a guy with a with a handkerchief <laughs> and he throws knives. I'm, I'm I'll always like when, that um, character. When when she's like, we have a con. When he when he says, I have a contact in New York to get you to the pier. I was like, oh my gosh, Stick is alive. <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, Stick would kill him. <laughs> Stick would be just be like, actually, I lied. They'd kill him. Well, so. <laughs> there's a running debate just about like whether or not they should reboot certain things in Netflix shows. Like, should they bring back the hand? Should they bring back Electra? First off, no, I hate no, Electra, but, no to um, both. It's just like we already have so many of these characters already. <laughs> like the ten rings are being retooled as essentially the hand anyway, so why we need them? Um, but yeah, so like I, yeah, I appreciate that they help push the plot along. Um, but yeah, it is the weakest thing in the show, and I think they knew that too, which is why they didn't bother developing them anyway, and why they die. just needed to get them out of the way. Like you have one whole episode after they're essentially a climax of the story. Yeah, so. and I so they they're they're a tool to get kamala to go to a flashback where kamala goes back in time to see what happened to her great-grandmother as legend because legend has it that she was the first person to use the bangle and save them and help them to escape to pakistan during the partition um and this was a pretty like this is some people see this as the weakest episode a lot of people like it. It's I weak. think that the stuff in modern time was the weak part. Yes. The, the stuff the in the past. Stuff I loved I love yeah. the flashback. I was like, this is the coolest part of the show. It's, <laughs> I thought it's it was a great. Shockingly gripping drama for how quickly yeah. it comes up and is gone. Like you're just like, oh, what what will happen to her grandmother? She finds Mr. Perfect and he's just so great. He's yeah. so good. Um and that stuff's great. And uh yeah, it's just there's there's very little about the show I don't like, and there's very little I think I think a lot of the criticisms I saw, like it was it was pretty common for me to see people online complain about random things that would get shared around, like, oh, they changed your powers. Oh, look look at this. Like I can't believe they 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 didn't have her say the line. Is it kind of like when people shared that book of Boba Fett clip where it's just old man moves arms against stormtroopers, except actually this isn't the rest of the show kind of thing. Cause in book yeah, of Boba Fett, it was like, that was the show. Or this other like, thing where like the guy does that spinny move before shooting the gun. <laughs> that was shared from book of Boba Fett. I think. Was that a thing? I didn't see that. Yeah. One. That's pretty funny. Um, but then I'd later see those accounts go, all right, time to watch Miss Marvel. Like they hadn't even been watching the show. 
Like, yeah. Wow. So I think it's in. Uh, but the big thing that comes out of the show, because I to stop bearing the lead, is that so in the comics, Miss Marvel is an inhuman, um, which was a relatively unpopular comic book thing. Um, though they had a, the Inhumans have had a cult following for a while, and individual characters like Lockjaw and Black Bolt have been intermittently popular, with Miss Marvel being clearly the most popular Inhuman character. Um, however, as some of you are aware, Inhumans were in fact already introduced in the MCU via Ages of Shield and later their own miniseries, which is widely regarded even now as one of the worst things in the MCU. Um, I st- the Inhuman show, for those who have not watched it, I think it's worse than any of the movies. I think it's worse than um iron fist it's the worst thing i should put it on the patreon we should try and pick it we should we should talk about it before the end of the year that should be a patreon goal yeah because <laughs> oh, okay a- I, i'll put that as a patreon goal we'll update that and uh it's just bad so some people some people like lore enthusiasts were worried that they would effectively decanonize it by having miss marvel be the first inhuman or something or having black bolt show up or the royal family show up which some people thought that clandestine would end up being the, actually the royal family from the inhumans or something however in the show they just completely subvert that where at the end and the element that i don't think is great is the fact that it's like her friend was just studying her dna in his apartment i guess and realized that there is a quote mutation in her gene uh at which point they play the 97 the cartoon x-men theme briefly um as she's like oh, i wonder what that is uh where yes Apparently, the bangle does help her give her powers, but what it does is it activates powers that are latent within her, um, which is apparently some sort of mutation. So, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, is the first mutant in the MCU. So, she is the first of potentially a future X Men thingy. So, obviously, immediately there's tons of clickbait articles put out by you know ScreenRantComicBook.com, those types of sites, saying like, "What we know about the future of X Men from this from from Miss Marvel." Which has become a kind of a controversial opinion. Now, the original creator of Kamala Khan has gone on record saying initially she wanted to make Kamala a mutant and then was later told she couldn't for whatever reason. Uh, and the actor has gone on and in the Reddit AMA mentioned that they that she is really cool with um, Kamala Khan being a mutant instead of inhuman. So all the people involved that whose opinion does count don't seem to care much about this development. And of course, some people think it's really cool because they think any big reveal is cool. Some people hate it because they hate any change to the comics is the worst thing ever. Um, and then it's preceded by a post-credit scene that I actually like the mid-credit scene quite a bit. But so, I mean, how do you feel about Kamala Khan being a mutant? Uh, no comment. I don't know anything. Uh, but I, <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, me spouting out things about politics and opinions. Me on comics. Mm, yes. <laughs> truth. Yes. Uh, I don't mind. Uh, Kat told me that she said that like it was weird that they just decided like Kamala Khan has just been everything, <laughs> like, and they just can't seem to make up their mind about what they want to do with her character. And she felt that a little bit with this. Uh, she is a Kamala Khan fan, likes Miss Marvel. Um, and uh, I'm actually looking at an action figure for her right right now. Um, she's so cool. Your wife? No, no. For for uh, Kamala Khan, it's it's got stretchy powers too. You can put on different arms that are like and legs that are like different sizes. It's pretty neat. Anyways, um, no, I don't have an action figure for my wife, but that'd be pretty funny. That'd be as lame as um, <laughs> I don't know. It's not as like it's when uh, in the office when Pam makes the comic book for her husband. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the bit bear man or whatever. I guess that's not lame. I don't know. I never really understood that one, but 
Um, you just giving me ideas for my anniversary this week, uh, or I guess this week, last week for the episode. Cut to you just watching The Office by yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well. uh, I don't mind. It doesn't really matter to me. I, I don't get up in arms about this stuff. I'm not a recurrent reader of Screen Rant or comicbook.com, so I don't much care for that stuff. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I, we don't read super heavy comicbooknews.net or .biz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get you. Um, I don't even write clickbaity stuff like that for the website. Um, I just write interesting thoughts that I have that are <laughs> not, this, not like that. I'm, I, I would not like to be a publication that every time a rumor, a rumor come out, I just have to have like somebody write like 500 words about it so I can put 10 ads on the page. I think this is actually one of the things that frustrates me about phase four is that when these Shows or movies, which the shows have more or less been innocent, except for Falcon. And even then, I enjoyed watching Falcon until the last episode. But where when the movies are just good movies on their own, I really have a good time. But when the movies aren't that good, and yet they're still setting things up, which I still don't know where they're going, um, it's really not interesting to me. It's almost like the more... It's harder to overlook the duds. It's yeah. a, it's like if it's more comic booky, frankly. Um it feels like Star Wars where it's just referencing other things. So like, if you like Thor Love and Thunder, you probably liked it because it's got comic book stuff in it. But if you didn't like it, it's because it was a bad movie and that's inherently natural to the fact that it's a bad movie. Uh, if you like Black Widow, you probably liked it because you like some of the comic booky stuff. But if you didn't like it, you probably didn't like it because it's also just a boring movie. If you like Shang-Chi, it's because it's a good movie and also it's got good comic book stuff. But uh, it still has a mural on the wall telling you what the plot line is, but still it's, uh, yeah, I, um, I, I, that's kind of what I feel. So like when it comes to like more comic booky stuff, I really don't care. I really do not care. But like when it's just a good thing on its own, that's pretty neat. And like, yeah, so I, I liked Miss Marvel almost because it was just like us. It, it could have stripped all of the other Marvel stuff out and just been, Kamala Khan is the only superhero on the planet and is going to have the Spider-Man syndrome of like, yeah, yeah, I have to be the one to do all these crazy things. Like, cause that's what I like. I made that joke about it in Thor where like Spider-Man's cool in the Raimi movies. And I guess you could say the amazing Spider-Man ones because it's like, he's the only hero. And so like when things happen in the world, it's like, is he responsible? Like, should he go do these things? Like, that's really neat. And I like that about Miss Marvel. So when we get to the end credits where it's like, maybe you're a mutant. Um, I'm like, uh, I sleep, whatever. Um, even the, yeah. the end credits thing, I really was like, whatever. Um, <laughs> Captain Marvel showing up for no reason again. I guess this is just a running joke. Okay. Um, so I mean, I, I, I really thought it, I think it sets up an interesting like idea for the Marvels where, so the Marvels for the don't know is Captain Marvel two is we worked into a movie that features uh photon, uh, Monica Rambeau from one division and Kamala Khan as well as Captain Marvel. Um, so that like, I'm already was like envisioning like the scenes where like, you know, first off, this sounds like a nightmare for Captain Marvel. She, she gets transported to some of the rooms. She looks around. It's just a bunch of Captain Marvel posters everywhere. And <laughs> yeah, so she's just like, picturing like, did uh, I end up in a Reddit mods room? You know? Yeah. And, just, like, um, <laughs> and then I just, I can't wait to see Brie Larson acting against Kamala's parents who are, who are confirmed to be in the movie. So that stuff sounds, seems really fun to me. Um, 
but to to briefly touch upon two things i really appreciate the show like i mentioned i think it's rare for shows to just unambiguously portray religion in any form as positive and so like yeah okay it's yeah. not my religion so. <laughs> even even god's not dead is impositive if you really want get, to get down to it well for every religion it's just like their faith <laughs> brings them together forms a community and at the end like it's her community that comes together to help rescue her from and damage and control. enduring community because yeah. like they all community also has problems like the gossip uh the the aunties this the illuminantes they're yes. like that's like horrible like gossip is horrible but they all just sort of accept it and like <laughs> persevere and, sh- and show grace to one another it's so funny yeah and sure, i saw kamala pull the <laughs> fire alarm how do you know that's true I, anyway, I heard she wears terrible outfits or whatever. I heard she failed her driver's test. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> Just cannot resist. Great. And uh, yeah, okay. Um, it's not. It, you know, it, it they is have what gatherings. It is, but... It's really sweet. Like yeah. they do community building stuff. Like that's all really it's, nice to have. If you switched out Islam for Christianity, this would be a very celebrated show. I mean, I mean, it's not a big hot take to be like Christians aren't a huge fan of something that. It's not Christian, like big. Okay, but I do think, like at a surface level, like if we're just going broadly speaking, um, it is nice to see something that portrays religion as not inherently oppressive or inherently like mind controlly in nature. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was kind of nice to see something where it's just like this is her. She goes to this religious service every week. Okay, she is her own independent like thinking person, and um, she has like stuff on the wall. It says like my body, my choice. So you know. Uh, perhaps not a conservative devout uh muslim there, but there so. isn't a plot line where they're frustrated that they have to be in the back of the mosque while the people are in the front of the mosque men are in the front of the mosque it, it is mentioned it, they it's not mentioned it, but, but it's almost mentioned more as a it'd be nice if they at least like they the characters want to preserve that function of their religion they just also want respect if they're going to be there so like well, why is our side and, of the mosque yeah, a mess and there's nice and it's kind of the thing that pushes her friend forward to run for the board so like right. there is an element there where okay like this is perhaps a progressive strand of, of islam we're seeing but um but like that was great and then you see like at the end of the at the end of the show where it's like damage control is coming to take kamala away like the the community comes and forms a bear around her. Even the police turn around and um, face off against damage control. So like this, like I felt like this did a much more successful job of doing trying to do the stuff that Cat Falcon Winter Soldier was doing, where they were trying to address like current uh, events and current like contemporary issues. And I think that portraying like a mostly peaceful protest to protect Kamala Khan from government agents, like. Okay, it's not the most heavy-handed political stuff in the world, but I feel like it did a much more job of naturally integrating that into the show in a way that didn't feel clumsy or awkward or forced. Mm-hmm. Like it felt very natural to the show. And it wasn't like super duper in your face where if you know what they're kind of referencing, you know what they're referencing. Um so like I feel like both of those things, like they just thread the needle much better. And it's all sandwiched in between like I love these scenes where Kamala's trying to make a plan, so she's writing a whiteboard and they're like illustrating what she's writing on the whiteboard in the air with like uh, animations and her friends keep coming in and changing the plan as more and more characters for the show just show up. Like, yeah, that was the, really good. The former mean girls there just to help out. And so it's just there. Yeah, it's great. The lighting's great. <laughs> and I like it. she uses the fact that she and she's posting a TikTok like, oh, my gosh, the cops are coming. It's crazy. And it's like okay like maybe for some people that's not a funny thing to reference but like if you're 16 years old like oh yeah it's fun like we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna mess with the government agents via <laughs> online pranks okay right um right. 
that was all great. And yeah, so maybe you weren't a huge fan of the mid credit scene, but I think it sets up an interesting possible movie uh, for me. But yeah, I I mean, I'll see it. I'm, <laughs> I'm con- contractually obligated to see every Marvel property and movie that they as they come out. So I, I'm going to look and, and I look forward to like the I like the Miss Marvel characters. So I'm excited for that. And I like rehabbing characters. So like if Captain Marvel's good in the next movie then that's exciting well, to look like forward to captain marvel's unfun military sergeant character having to deal with kamala khan who also adores and loves her that's that is a great dynamic for a movie oh totally yeah so character a and character b <laughs> make character c so that'll be cool that'll be yeah, really fun that'll be that'll be fun and so if they do it right because who knows like they could make another stinker of a movie who knows but mm-hmm. um this is the type of stuff again they just keep pulling me back in with these promises like uh, Frogman's going to be in She-Hulk. All right, I want to see what's up with Frogman. So, um, did you see the pictures of Frogman online? By the way, I did not. No, it's it is it is what but it I sounds did, like. I was reminded of. Um, do you remember when Solo was still a Lord and Miller project? And if you went to like, I think it was IHOP, you could get like cards of characters from that movie. Do you kind of remember this? I do remember this. Yeah. And there was one that was like a lobster. It was just a bounty hunter lobster. <laughs> I do. I was just reminded of that. How like, man, Lord of Miller's cut was probably like at least more entertaining <laughs> than that solo. Turned yeah, out it's kind of like the Edgar Wright version of Ant Man. Yeah, I, I I feel I'm I'm a Lord Miller. I've obviously fallen on their feet and have been doing great stuff. But oh, like, yeah, they're fine. They're totally even fine. like even a not perfect version of Solo. Their version of Solo does sound more interesting to watch than what we got, which was just a complete dud. like star wars in general (laughs) all of star wars is so boring it's amazing i i i we got to do a let's talk or something to talk about star wars because like it is just it's amazing to me like how this this property continues to endure in consciousness and yet it is just like it's really terrible stuff it really is just not it's it's like subpar quality content and like I get it. Like if you have one thing, it's like the IV hit that keeps you alive. So like Mando, but like, I just, I don't understand it, but so it is. Um, yeah. Miss Marvel's good guys. Please check it out. It's a pretty enjoyable show. It's funny. It's clever. It's got really good characters, which is what we always appreciate. Good characters. Um, I don't really know I'm what else. My, to... I'm turning my fan back on because we're getting the recommendations. I'm sorry. Yeah, listeners. at this point, I really don't so know what else hot. to say. It's a good show. Uh, it's a really good show. Uh, Daniel has no air conditioners in any faculty or setting of his worst. life, so he's he's just bad. <sighs> also, I told you the fan; you could not hear it. It, it was so you got to. I turned my on. volume up like just to, for my headphones, and you, you could hear it in the background. So, I, I, uh, I I'm thinking of the listeners. I'm thinking of. You, the fans who are supporting us. By by killing a fan. Oh, <sighs> good one. Sweating. Uh, yeah, I guess we can do recommendations. Tiny episode. Tiny episode. It was basically an hour, an hour long. That's still pretty good. Pretty good length. Miss Marvel's a good show. Go check it out. Uh, <laughs> what do you have for recommendations, Dan? Oh, boy. Uh, sorry, I'm just cooling down real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dear, dear listeners, um, I've been playing around with uh, a couple different devotional-esque Bibles. I got a couple and tried them out. I wasn't a huge fan of them. Like I got the Max Ducato devotional Bible because it's at a thrift store for a dollar. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of it. So 
let me just make sure I get the name right. Um, this was actually recommended to me by, by my pastor, as he's a big fan of it. It's the, oops, I just got my cord stuck on something. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The recommendations part is when just the production values completely fall out. It is the devotional chronological Bible. If that's not, that's, if not, that's not the official name, I'm sure it'll be in the description here. Uh, but basically it, it, it structures the Bible into 365 daily readings. However, it is uh, entirely chronological in nature. So for example, as you're reading through some of the prophets or some of the judges or what have you, um, part of the daily reading will be the Psalm that either they themselves would have been reading in that time, or perhaps they would have themselves would have authored as an example. And so it's the entire Bible in a chronological fashion, but set up like your daily devotional Bible. So if anyone's ever read like a one year Bible, which uh, orders the Bible, like you get like, uh, like Matthew one, Genesis one and the Psalm of proverb. It's like that, but entirely via like an actual chronological reading of the Bible, which I'm not a huge fan of most chronological Bibles as I find them not particularly enjoyable for like a reading. Like it's interesting to have for quick reference. However, this as things is structured away that really gives you a different experience in your daily devotional time. Uh, so like, when da- when David is in a bind, um, you, he'll, you'll read the particular psalm they probably wrote in that moment in his life. Or when a prophet is lamenting to God, you'll read uh, whatever the psalm or was that he would have read for comfort himself. And so it's just an interesting experience. Um, and it's something if you're looking at, if you've already done the one-year Bible or the two-year Bible, or you have, you know, I already read Paul David Tripp's devotional, um, New Morning Mercies or whatever, uh, this is a good one to give a go. At least try it out. Uh, I'm going to recommend just keeping in theme with at least Middle Eastern um, content and media. I well, first I was <laughs> first I was thinking of trying to watch Close Up, uh, my Criterion release. I got thank you Dan for letting me know about the 50 percent off Barnes and Noble Criterion stuff. Uh, I got so many movies. It's crazy. I uh, they also had a 50 percent off era video, so I got a, a Blu-ray copy of The Stuff. So I'm really excited that's pretty about cool. That. Yeah, uh, Cat was interested in the Hellraiser one, but we we focus on. Um, I, got that too. I got like i got like nine movies i can actually tell you right now uh let me see i'm looking at close up solaris in the Ooh. mood for love night of the living dead the irishman citizen kane and that particular case for it is just the k it's great <laughs> well it's more <laughs> i definitely recommend you get it because it's really fantastic and then ah, i cannot see. oh i also got stalker obviously and then uh, that's really great film. I'm going to get up so I can see what the last one was. Oh, ah, duh. Tree of Life. I got the Criterion release for Tree of Life, which the extended edition for that is 50 extra minutes. That is wicked. That makes total sense. <laughs> Same. What a surprise. Thank, um, you. Thank you, Daddy Malik. <laughs> uh, for those curious, I got Being There, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Um, what else did I get? I'm not currently in, fr- in front of my... Uh, I think I got the bicycle thief and one other thing in addition to this stuff. I'm surprised so, their horror catalog isn't bigger than, than uh, the criterion. I, uh, yeah. I, I wish it had more, but I feel like criterion is respectable and they do really good <laughs> transfers and a great collection of stuff and content, but they always like, they, they seem to, they're also like the stick up their butt kind of, uh, collection of films and stuff so there's like pivotal horror flicks that they'd like sometimes just don't have like it does seem silly to me that they don't have a movie like halloween um or even black christmas um like black christmas is a 
a brilliant, deep, complicated proto slasher. Yeah. When when are we getting a Criterion version of Wishmaster? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's degrees, but um, <laughs> but like something, especially like Black Christmas, it feels like um, like it's a they're all these movies are smart, and yet they don't have something like that. Um, clever, important films. Yeah, that's uh, why that's that's where Aero Video or or Anchor Bay or whatever comes in. Play, right yeah and there's other good collections i've even thought of pitching to you doing like a if they were if we ever got into classic cinema stuff um movies that are public domain we could do cute little releases or something like that um with what we <laughs> cute think little movies. releases things like like uh, like a collection of like what do you how do you and i feel about the movie why we feel it's important stuff like that that could be kind of neat um but uh I all this was to say that I did not watch Close Up in Time because that was a Middle Eastern flick from a movie or a director that I've been really wanting to get into. So I'm not actually recommending it, <laughs> but I am still recommending uh, some Middle Middle Eastern Indian uh, stuff. I'm going to recommend a novel called Nectar in a Sieve. I don't know if you've read it. It is a hugely worldwide popular book from Kamala Markandaya. I read it uh, two years ago, a year ago, and it is just fantastic, really brilliant. Um, it's from the perspective, it's from basically the entire life of this one woman from when she's born to when she's very old and the experience of growing up in like poor rural India being affected by, um, I can't remember if it's British colonial still or not, but a a factory is essentially built in the area and how that completely upends and affects their life. It is moving. It is powerful. It is, uh, as one review on Amazon just writes, beautiful but depressing. <laughs> and so, if you're the kind of guy who likes Things Fall Apart by Chinua Akabe, then you will like this as well. Also, it's just really well written, very beautiful, very moving. I, I distinctly remember one particular part. I wish I actually, I wish I remembered this before I was talking about it right now, but there's one part that I felt so encapsulated the unique struggle of this age pre new earth, but post fall that I was like, wow, this is excellent. Um, and so take that as my recommendation, um, for this week, nectar and a sieve. I mean, you can get this thing at any thrift store. It is, there's, there's copies of it everywhere, but you can also get it for like three bucks on Kindle or like five bucks used on paperback. Um, 100% recommended. I have recommended it to other people as well in person. So I even bought a copy for it of it to give to someone at some point. So great read Nectar and a Sieve. Check it out. Uh, what fun recommendation do you have, Dan? So this won't be a mind blowing thing, but it's been on my mind because Netflix has announced that, uh, their live action Sandman series will not announce. They've actually been releasing pictures of the actors and the, the release dates rapidly approaching. I know Netflix live action adaptation has become kind of a d- dirty phrase in many circles. Uh, Cause they're not necessarily. They're even, they're even trying again with death note. I don't know if you saw that. I know, but I mean, it's the Duffer brothers. So I'm a little more optimistic about it this time, but yes. Just, and they've shown they can handle anime because stranger things is basically. Anime uh, yeah. at time, as we so. as revisit our stranger things episode to hear us talk about uh, the Some of that. that reminds us of, yeah. but um, I will say that I went back and I'm finally going through reading the Sandman. I've read parts of it before, but I've never really just sat down and read the whole thing. I read the first two collected volumes this past week and it's surprise, surprise. It's really good. The perhaps the most like critically acclaimed co- graphic novel series of all time. Is this the Alan Moore Sandman or as Neil Gaiman? You know, okay. 
because or um, did Alan Moore didn't do Sandman? He no, did something else. He did Swamp he? Thing. He did Swamp Thing. That's right. And where he Her created basic. John Constantine. Um, but uh, it's it's really good, and it it maybe takes a few seconds to kind of get, to adjust to kind of the vibe of the comic, uh, but it has a lot of my favorite Neil Gamey things where uh, it, it gets quite dark in a few places. It gets very depressing. Um, but it also, he has these weird tangents he goes on, like in the middle of one of the most like, uh, conceptually sad things I've seen in a comic recently. He just goes on this weird thing where he goes through an extended flashback for a whole issue where you just see the Sandman hanging out with some guy randomly. And it's like really good stuff. Um, some of the things from this, from the comic have become so popular. It then is, is cheapened by association with derivatives. Uh, for example, one of his genius ideas was he reconceptualized death as like a teen goth girl uh, which at the time was very cutting edge but now has become almost cliche so just keep in mind that some of these things that you hate because they're overdone they get overdone because he popularized them so you know uh, give him the benefit of the doubt there but it's, it's really good and it goes in all kinds of different way directions where um, the initial plot gets solved in the first volume basically and then it just keeps going and it's uh, it's really fascinating and interesting. It has a lyrical, um, poetic nature to it that I really enjoy. Uh, there's quite a bit of subtext. And I will say for religious viewers, which I think will have quite a few of them, um, there's a lot of religious stuff in there that you probably won't necessarily agree with uh, because he's treating a lot of religious figures more as the mythological characters. Um, so some of the things that he brings up or some of the characters he utilizes, some people might not appreciate uh, but if you can look past that, there's a lot of uh, thematically rich stuff in there. So um, go back and read Sandman before the Netflix show comes out and ruins it, probably. So, <laughs> Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Cinematic Doctrine. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a review and subscribing to the podcast. And as mentioned before, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you're opted into a once-a-month movie poll where you decide a movie we discuss on the podcast. There are other unique benefits that come with supporting the podcast, so be sure to check that out at patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine. A special shout out to those who support at the Art House Theater tier on Patreon. Thank you so much, Mom, Dad, Melanie, Sherlyon, and Thomas. You guys are the best, and your continued monetary support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck! We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine, link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks too. But let's be real, the podcast stickers are the coolest perk. So get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.